The problem is to build a full stack application today, there's like a lot of complexity that goes into it. Like just think about how you would do that today. Let's say you want to use Next.js for your front end and then you need to pick a back end and you have to figure out which technologies you're going to use. And so like until now, anytime you build a React app, you have to have an API of some sort. And that's a lot of complexity that a lot of apps don't need. Hey, this is Brian, and you're listening to Jamstack Radio, a bi-weekly series where we discuss the Jamstack, a new way of building websites and apps that are fast, secure, and simple to work with. Jamstack Radio is brought to you by Heavybit, a program dedicated to helping startups take their developer products to market. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. Welcome to another installment of Jamstack Radio. On the line, we got Brandon Bear coming in live from, uh, well, it's live for me, but not live for you, but coming from uh, Thailand. Hello. Hey, Brandon. Hello. Glad to be here. Cool. So, yeah, do you want to tell us what you do and um, sort of why you got here? And sort of also, maybe if you want to mention why you're in Thailand? Sure. Well, I came to Thailand for a workcation and for a month I was going to be here, but then the whole Corona thing happened and I decided to just stay here. Indefinitely. So here I am, like several months later. So as of recently, I'm a full-time open sourcer. But before that, for the past about three years, I've been a full-stack consultant, independent consultant, doing freelancing for multiple different companies and different startups. Awesome. So full-stack consultant, we're here to talk about Blitz.js, which is the project I think that you're working on full-time. Is that correct? Correct. So do you want to talk about that a little bit and sort of how that was created and why? Sure. So Blitz.js is a full-stack framework for React. And it's built on Next.js, which if you're familiar with Next.js, it's a really awesome uh, framework for building React apps. It gives you server-side rendering, client-side rendering, and static generation, which is a, a fairly new feature similar to Gatsby. So the problem is that to build a full-stack application today, there's like a lot of complexity that goes into it, right? So like just think about how you would do that today. Like let's say you want to use Next.js for your front end, and then you need to pick a back end, right? So you need a server of some sort to connect to your database, provide an API. There's just a lot, you know, a lot of complexity, and you have to figure out which technologies you're going to use. And other communities have solved this with frameworks like Ruby on Rails. But we don't have anything like that for JavaScript. And so Blitz is exactly that. Okay, excellent. So listeners are probably super familiar with Next.js because we talk about them. Uh, as a recent link, they've come up in natural conversation uh, quite a few times. Ironically, they've never been on this podcast. Um, I did chat with Tim, actually, on another project I work on, which is Open Source Friday. So I'm curious of how you sort of arrived to building this total of like, technology or sort of encompassing this on Next.js because I'm seeing a trend of React projects, or not even React projects, but basically React quote unquote frameworks. I think one of the, one of the things that React first came out of the gate was like it's not a framework, it's a library. But there's all these pieces to put together to make it a framework. So when we started talking about like the data layer or doing storage, like Redux came out out of the lead out of like a hundred different options. So now we're at the point where now we've sort of like figured it out. Like if you're gonna do something like Try Redux, or if not, maybe try a GraphQL thing or Apollo or whatever it is. So, like, it sounds like with your your framework, you've made the decisions for the individuals, so that way, or any of the developers, so they can um, get started really quickly. So, I'm I'm curious if we can run through the 
we, we got Next.js. What are the other sort of components that make all this thing work? Yeah, so Next.js is like, you can think of that as your front end. So if we go all the way to the other end, your database access, we have Prisma 2 by default, which it just came out of beta, so it's general availability now. And Prisma, if you're not familiar, is a type-safe database client. So you can connect to Postgres, MySQL, SQLite, and then they'll be adding support for other databases. And it's fully typed with TypeScript, so you get automatic types for all of your database tables and columns and, and everything. So that's another relatively new technology that is like is just now there available. And so it makes it's is one of the key components of making Blitz really nice. How would I even like approach like getting started or even leveraging this? Yeah, so this gets at the heart of like what the secret sauce is for Blitz. Blitz provides this new data layer that I've never seen anywhere else. And it basically takes your API, your HTTP API, and abstracts it away into a compile step. And so like until now, anytime you build a React app, you have to have an API of some sort, a REST API, GraphQL API, et cetera. And that's a lot of uh, complexity that a lot of apps don't need. So like today, tons of apps use Ruby on Rails, right? So there's no API and it's like more like a monolith. And so there's still those same type of like small business applications still exist today. And a lot of them want to use React, but then they have this API thing. And so what we've done is we abstract your entire API into a compile step and the resulting developer experience is that you write your, your server code, so we call them queries and mutations, and it's just a plain function that acts like runs on the server, and then you import that function directly into your components. And then at compile time, that direct function import is swapped out with an HTTP API call. And so when you're building a Blitz app, like you don't even have to think about an API, REST or GraphQL, like nothing. Like all you do is focus on writing your server code, your front end code, and like that's it. And so one thing that's really nice about this is that for TypeScript, you get static, is this fully typed statically end to end, right? So you have Prisma database access, so that's typed, and then you have your your functions that are typed, and then when you import them into your React components you have the types there too because it's just a direct function import. And so you don't have to have a separate process that's compiling or generating the types for you like you do with GraphQL, for example. Yeah, that's uh, fascinating because like I, I've, so I come from doing Ruby on Rails like quite a few years ago and we chatted offline about how we got in the code. So we both learned through the program, which is Block, which teaches, well, taught Ruby on Rails. I'm not sure what they teach today. But having that sort of experience in being able to just spin up an app really easily and not have to think about how to connect the, the back end and the front end was a great experience, especially for learning. Like I was just able to manipulate my, I guess, pseudo ERB HTML, and then my site worked for the most part. But I like the fact that the the API itself is abstracted away, so that way you get that sort of the same experience. And like with my knowledge of Prisma, you do get a schema up front, so like you can get a very similar way of like so- how. Prisma 2 is totally different. Oh, it doesn't it? have anything to do with GraphQL. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. But they do have the, the schema file. Yes, but it's not a GraphQL schema file. It's, it's more like a, a database schema file, yeah. Yeah, yeah, thanks for the clarification. 
So I just got gifted a, a Prisma app, an app that's leveraging Prisma and Vue this week or last week. So my first actually touching of Prisma 2 was literally yesterday. Cool. But I do see like, so in Rails, you had the migration file, or the migration files, but you also did have like the schema file to be able to get like an idea of what your, your app was sort of orchestrated as. And I think they've taken some cues from that or maybe somewhere else, but it looks very familiar to me when I look at it. Yeah. Yep. So I'm curious though, one of the biggest things about Rails and like the thing that I adopted really quickly because it made my life easier was just the scaffolding. So I'm curious of if Blitz actually does any sort of scaffolding and like build some of the files out for you. Yes, you guessed it. It does. <laughs> yeah, so we're definitely taking a lot of inspiration from Ruby on Rails for all the scaffolding. So you can scaffold out like all the code that you need end to end for a working model. So let, for example, you can run Blitz generate all and then a model name, let's say, um, like task. And then you can pass in the, the attributes, say like name, colon, string. And then you run that, and it'll generate all your Blitz queries and mutations. It'll add your uh, Prisma schema. Yeah. And it'll add all your pages for that. And so then you can run Blitz DB migrate, and then open up your browser, and you can like click through, and, and it works all the way end to end. Okay. And then uh, one thing that we're doing, even beyond what Rails does, is... The problem with Rails scaffolding is you don't get to choose what's scaffolded, right? Like it's whatever Rails gives you, like that's what you get. It's like you can't really customize it. And so that limits its usability like over the lifetime of your project. Like it's good for prototyping, but when you're building an application, it's not as good. So we will add ability to write your own templates or like eject the, the templates, so to speak, the default ones. And then you can customize them and even add new templates that are like customized for whatever you're building. Excellent. I'm really intrigued on the actual the framework itself, uh, just on the space in general. Like I've seen quite a few other like I, I don't know if Redwood JS comes up in conversations quite a bit. Yeah. But Redwood is another one. I think the evolution of Next.js. I know it's really focused more on the front end at the moment, but there is a lot of like sort of next evolution of React applications. So like. I'm curious, are you seeing this on your end? Are you seeing other projects also trying to like next level React as well? Yeah, definitely. I'm also seeing a lot of uh, people like saying that they want like a Ruby on Rails for JavaScript. They're like, why don't we have this? It's been so many years. And I think it's because, you know, for the first so many years of React, there was a lot of freedom, a lot of experimentation, and trying like all different types of things. And now we've had time to figure out a lot of the, the fundamental like patterns and libraries and ways to do things. So now that all the choices aren't as beneficial, like a lot of the projects would choose the same things over and over. Yeah. And so I think now is a good time to like bundle all these things together in, in somewhat of an opinionated framework. Yeah. And what's interesting is like, so I didn't I didn't write Ruby code. We keep talking about Rails because that's sort of our, our common ground at the moment. And uh I did. I did write Ruby code, you know, 15 years ago to know all the different flavors of Sinatra or whatever is uh, powering Rails at the moment. So I didn't know what we came through out of that. I just knew that Rails was the way to go if you just want to get started real quickly. Yep. And I think like we could debate if React is the right choice for the front end layer. Like I think that's a it's a welcome debate. It's an interesting time too as well because I personally tend to because I've been doing React so long. I've been doing Create React app for everything. I haven't done a new app, a React app in a while, but the ones I've worked on are all create React apps because that's what was available to me. And then I usually like choose an Apollo 
because GraphQL is something that I'm highly interested in. So I will shoehorn GraphQL into an app just so I can continue to use it. Whether that's a good choice or a bad choice for my future development or my pain, we'll figure that out in a couple of years. But I think I, I agree with you. Like I think we've, for the most part, we've figured out a lot of different problems and things have not become stagnated, but I think people have popularized certain tools. But what I do like about like the flexibility and why I always choose Create React app is because if I do want to make a new decision on something or try one new thing, uh, usually it happens like in the whole like CSS side. Like I, I'm a big fan of style components, but if I want to try something new or I just don't want to care about like the actual design of the app or UI, I'll just grab you know off the shelf components to use, and if they make a decision for me. Like right. I don't, I don't really care. I'll just move on or delete a bunch of CSS in the future. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm curious, like, is there a plan for flexibility for Blitz.js? Like, I guess maybe I'm just asking for the CSS side because that's usually the thing I change between different apps. Yep. So definitely, uh, we don't have any CSS libraries by default. And like one of our foundational principles is loose opinions. So we have a lot of opinions, like opinions on file structure and different things, but most of the opinions are loose, so we don't enforce most of the opinions. And then other things like styling, there's not enough consensus, you know, really to have a default. Yeah. But we will probably have various. Um, so like when you run Blitz new like app. We'll probably add some prompts to be like, here's like the top three most common styling libraries. Do you want one of these? And then if so, like it'll come pre-installed for you. Okay. As you were talking, I was thinking of like the decisions to be made, but I also was thinking of a, a newer project actually that Ryan Florence, the React Router folks, um, have shipped to as well. So I'd mentioned Redwood JS, but also they're shipping Remix. Remix, yeah. Well, it's not out yet, so all you can do is look at the, the what they've written. Yeah. Um, but from what I can tell, it's is basically at the same level of Next.js. Yeah. So it's at least as of yet, they're not solving any of the, like database access or scaffolding or or any of the other like higher level features. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I mentioned that because there. I know Ryan comes from the Ember.js world years ago, uh, back when I first was doing Ember.js. And it looks a lot like Ember.js to me as well. So I think <laughs> yeah. that's what triggered that thought for me, which is the folder structure and how things interact with each other. So with the React Router folks or Reach Router or whatever, I can't keep up on what they're working on. React Router is the, the official one. The official one, okay. So React Router, very heavily into how the page interacts when you go to page for page and like the refresh. That's also have heavily influenced in Remix from what I've watched in the videos. But also the way Ember approached that, I believe it's heavily inspired. But one thing that I, and I didn't even finish that thought too as well, but what actually triggered my thought process to actually bring them up is the file structure. Like a lot of times I don't know, is this a component? Is it a container? Is it in this folder? Should I break all my folders into like similar folders? So like I'm curious what the decision is for Blitz because I haven't used it yet of how you sort of decide on the structure or the loose opinion is what you mentioned. Sure. So all the application code goes inside a top-level app folder similar to Rails. And then inside, like you have a pages folder for your like your Next.js pages. You have a queries folder for your Blitz queries and a mutations folder for mutations. And then um, a components folder for components. And as of right now, that's like the extent of our um like file structure opinion. Okay. Um, and then we have a few top level things like integrations. But while we're here, um, one 
thing to bring up that is different than Next.js that we provide is Next requires all your pages to be in like one single pages folder. But in a Blitz app, you can have multiple pages folders all throughout your app. So you can have like, actually the default for Blitz is to have, let's say app slash a model name, app slash another model name. And then inside the model name, you have another pages folder and a query folder, a mutation folder. And so you can organize all your pages by model. Okay. Or context or like the main context or anything, it's up to you. But you can have pages folders all throughout your app. And then at compile time, we compile those down into a single pages folder for Next.js to run at runtime. Okay, very cool. One thing we didn't actually cover too as well is the how do I even get this something like this in production? Am I making... Am I shipping the the Prisma, the data layer separately? Am I shipping the front end separately as well? Or is there like a one command or one-stop shop? Sure, great question. So Blitz is deployment agnostic. So you can deploy it server full or serverless. So it's up to you. <laughs> um, server full is a, that's a new term. Yeah. I'd like server better, but you know. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So you deploy it like a monolith. Uh, so everything's all together, one code base, one deployment. And then you can deploy it to Vercel or AWS or anything, and it's like one deployment. You can also deploy it to things like render.com to have it running as a server. So, you know, it's it's up to you. Okay. So could I deploy the API separate from the front end? No. No? Okay. So it's all tied together? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so it's like a monolith, but if you deploy it serverless, you don't have a lot of the constraints of a monolith, right? So... Because a traditional monolith server, like you to scale it, you have to duplicate the entire server. Yeah. Like to, you know, multiple instances. But the serverless, like all your pages and your queries, mutations, everything are all their own individual functions. And so those can scale like automatically, independently. And so you don't have the limitations of a traditional monolith. Gotcha. Yeah, so it sounds like there's if you go to serverless route, there's a bit of orchestration that has to be done, or does Blitz? And the Blitz does all that for you. Yeah, oh, actually, intriguing. And and ultimately, it's Next.js that that does that. Gotcha. I know historically, Vercel, uh, previously Zite, they did something with functions. When I checked the site, it seems like they they've now focusing more on the front end. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually yeah. confused on what their <laughs> their focus is today. Yeah. But are you still able to deploy like a full stack app yes. to Vercel today? Yes, you still can. Okay. And the official word directly from them is that they still support. Uh, they still want to be a good deployment platform for full stack. But yes, I agree with you that the marketing uh, messages are confusing. Okay, and we didn't even talk about the uh, the sort of open source side. So do you have a time to sort of mention about the open source like? Do you have a team behind you? Also, as far as uh, Blitz, the the company, is it a company or is it no, just? It's just open source right now. Okay. Yeah. So I started it myself, but then I've we've had I think it's getting close to seventy other contributors so far. There's three of us on the core team. There's a couple of level two maintainers, and then almost ten level one maintainers. I think. So we have quite a, a nice little community, and we're making continual progress, and it's it's pretty fun. Okay. Very cool. And then if someone wants to sort of get started with Blitz or even maybe contribute, what's like the first step someone can take? Go to blitzjs.com and we have documentation there for how to get started, documentation for how to use Blitz. And then we also have a, a how to contribute uh, documentation page that goes over like how you can contribute. And we definitely love anyone to contribute um, and we're happy to help you get started. Awesome. 
Cool. So I uh, appreciate you talking about Blitz. Uh, if you don't mind, I want to blitz us into jam picks. And uh, sorry, I was forced, but uh, we'll move on. But yeah, <laughs> let's let's transition to jam picks, uh, these things that are keeping us going, things that make us happy, could be technical, could be food-related, could be you know music, movie-related. With that being said, I have a pick, if you don't mind me going first. Uh, my sure. first pick is going to be Black & Bold. It's a distributor for coffee and tea, uh, but it's Black-owned. And I... Went through a sort of reflection period in the last couple of weeks and wanted to support black businesses and uh, found them. So I've been, I ordered a bunch of tea uh, for them. So highly recommend the peach tea. Uh, it's definitely really good. If, you, if you're into cold brew coffee or cold brewing tea, the peach tea is actually super excellent for cold brewing. It has like a nice sweet taste, but there's no sugar added, obviously. So I definitely enjoyed that. So black and bold, it's a BLK and bold. So if anybody's trying to search for that frantically. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Highly recommend it. When you get back to the States, I don't know if they ship to Thailand, but uh, when you get back to the States, definitely check it out. They're, they're also all are now sold in Target, um, though I've not been to a Target in the last three months. So you'll just have to take <laughs> my word for it. And then I had one other pick too, which is uh, Octavia Butler. Uh, she's a black author, has since passed away, but she wrote a lot of science fiction. Uh, and I really like her approach to it because the science fiction is from a black perspective. So imagine time traveling back to the 1800s, like as a black individual, but 1800s, and, and at least in the US, uh, as well as some other countries, like slavery was a thing. So right. uh, there's a book specifically, which is also, I have the graphic novel, which is called Kindred. And um, she basically, she transports herself back and forth through time travel going back to be a, a slave, basically. Wow. It's interesting and eye-opening, so I highly recommend if anybody wants to sort of see science fiction through the lens of a black author. Definitely check it out. Brandon, any picks? Sure. So my pick is Kindle Paperwhite. Excellent. I feel like I'm late to the party, but I just got a, uh, my very first Kindle ever like a few weeks ago, and I've really been enjoying it. So I'm reading way more than, than I was before. It's just so easy to buy any book and read it and yeah like one thing i wasn't sure about was like i like the feel of a real book but the kindle paperwhite basically feels like a book like it's totally different than reading on an ipad or something so definitely recommend the kindle paperwhite yeah i was using my kindle pretty heavily when i was traveling have not traveled in a bit but also i love the fact that you can get any book just like you think of it or you see it on the shelf like, oh, I'll just throw it on my Kindle instead of like walk around with seven books in my suitcase. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, so there we have it. So again, thanks for coming on, talking about Blitz, talking about this full stack React sort of like revolution that's happening at the moment and uh, go into more details. Uh, hopefully listeners, you'll, you'll check out the project, contribute and uh, keep spreading the jam. That's all the time we have for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library. It's packed with amazing talks on sales, marketing, product, and general management from founders of developer tools companies and other industry leaders. 